1: All the Galaxies,
0: all for you. What is up, everybody? Long time no see. And this is going to be a really special, really unique, really interesting episode of the IPC podcast. Kind of momentous in a lot of different ways, and we're going to get into that and so much more in just a minute here. This is episode 354 of the IPC podcast. And for those of you that have been tuning in since 2014, thank you so much for being a part of what we do. And for those of you who have maybe been around for a year, a month, a week, maybe this is the first episode you've ever listened to, um, I'm hoping and I'm counting on the fact that you'll be able to get something out of this just as much as the longtime listeners have. We've got a really, really great slate of things to talk about on this newly formatted variety program that we are doing here now. Um, You know, it, it looks a little different, it feels a little different, but a lot of it also feels very true to what this show was originally supposed to be about. And that's having fun celebrating our fandoms. And I think that's gonna be on full display tonight, but I'm not gonna be doing it alone. Obviously you don't want to hear me ramble on for an hour and a half. So I'm gonna bring in that chuckling voice in the background back there. I'm continually amazed by the patience that he has putting up with me and the fact that he makes time out of his hella busy schedule to be able to do this show with me. He's back for more fun tonight. It's Mr. Ben Hart, dude. We had a like Avengers like discussion about Jurassic World Camp Cretaceous on our last episode. I'm kind of excited to get back to our roots and just hang out for a little while. Just you and me.
1: Yeah. So, uh, it's good to be back. And I, I look, it is no trouble at all to quote, put up with you. Okay. I love putting up with you and getting (laughs) to do this show together. It's a pleasure and an absolute highlight of my week. So thank you for coming around and doing this again. And, uh, yeah. Uh, thanks, everyone, for their patience and their understanding. Um, I know our schedule has been a little wonky lately, and you you may not even know where and when you will hear the IPC podcast sometimes. But uh, we're still kicking. OK, guys, we're still going. This is us saying we're still alive. Hey, over here, we're still doing stuff. So it's fine. OK, we're still going strong. And, uh, yeah, we got some stuff to talk about tonight. d um, 23 is happening right as we speak um so there's some news that we probably need to get to um and then there's some other stuff that's happening that you know we we I've been watching a lot of stuff um and we've got so much so much just happening in the world especially this week it's just crazy so uh, yeah I'm looking forward to getting into it
0: well okay so here's the really cool thing about uh, the the new format of this show I I wouldn't even call it like like we've like we've changed too terribly much we've just restructured because we we used to have like a singular topic that we would talk about we would have like thor or batman begins or something like that but what's really cool is now we have the luxury with this structure of being able to talk about all kinds of things including d23 including top fives including barbecue like i'm I'm actually really thrilled to be talking about as much as we do because i can just kick back and be like oh hey what have you been watching lately oh i don't know what have you been watching lately and it's just it's more organic it's more like just discussion based rather than feeling like oh we've only got 10 minutes left we gotta go we gotta go we gotta go we can just go whenever we want to to be honest um so um before we get into the what have you been watching lately uh, we usually do something in this new format called Edna's Icebreaker. Yeah. Unfortunately, I couldn't actually get an icebreaker discussion oh. from from, oh. My, from my fiance, and here's why: because she is actually out at a concert right now. Oh. Or a Latin performer that goes by the name of Bad Bunny. Ah, uh,
1: I'm 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 familiar.
0: I. I'm familiar with the name, and when I'm riding around in her car, I will hear some of his music, but being a predominantly Spanish-speaking artist, and me only knowing about 30 or 40% of Spanish, it, it just it doesn't resonate with me, and so she went with her sister-in-law, which is totally cool, Girl, girl's night out, you know, do your Excellent. thing. But but it did get me wondering. Like, just concerts in general. I'm I'm not a huge concert person, because I can find them a little overwhelming at times but i've been to a few right and and i'm curious if you've been to any band and we'll use this as our icebreaker for the night if you have been to some concerts what have been some of the most memorable ones for you
1: see and i started i've actually i'm literally things are flooding into my memory now that you're saying this, because i'm like i haven't actually been to that many concerts but i'm like oh yeah i kind of have because I think of when you say concert, I'm thinking like, oh, rock concert, you know, a big, big name person comes up and does some things on a stage and it's 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 a big deal. Um, I've I've been to John Williams concerts um, where it's you know, it's a it's a live stage performance of an orchestra doing John Williams music, did that a couple times. That's really technically a concert. So yep. those are great. Um, I have – I have – I don't want to keep bragging. I don't want to brag, but I was in the room when John – I was – I did technically go to a John Williams concert once. Um, He showed up unexpectedly, okay, and also (laughs) I was like a 1,000 feet away from him. He was a dot in the front of the room. I was in a giant room, but uh, I can say I was there, okay, technically speaking. Um. The only real concert—I—I—I I, I don't know if this counts as the best, but it's probably the most interesting one—is I went to first of all um, nearby where I live. There's a uh, it's called the Coast Coliseum in Biloxi, Mississippi, um, and it's kind of the area you know it's where a lot of concerts of like ha- that happen. Uh, one day we just there was something going on. We just wandered up in there. This is around the time I don't know if you remember this. But the, I think I can't remember what it was. BP, I think it was the BP oil spill. Um, there was a oil rig like due south of me, where I'm sitting right now. There was an oil rig that blew up. The I think it was, I can't remember. They, they, it was the Deepwater Horizon. They did a movie about it and all this kind of stuff. Like big deal. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was really bad because there was just like oil just spewing into the Gulf for like a. Two or three weeks at least, like it was really bad. So um, they finally got it mostly cleaned up, I think. But in doing so, someone organized a benefit concert to help out with the relief, and basically organized this thing with star-studded concert. Um, and so me and my dad wandered into this coliseum and there's nobody in there but the stage is set up and there's someone on stage playing and we're like what's going on here no one stopped us we just wandered in there's no security and lo and behold have you ever seen drake and josh yeah i have the old disney show right so lo and behold we walk in and none other than drake bell is on stage performing oh like just yeah, he's got his guitar and he's actually pretty good. Like, I didn't even know he was a singer, but he is or he was, and he was doing a nice performance. And he was doing it to the camera. They were taping like segments for the broadcast version of the concert. This is gonna be broadcast on ABC or something like that. And they were doing like inserts for the main concert, and they would bring on different people. Um, and so like Drake Bell was one of them, and they do and then he does this thing where like 10 feet from him, and he's just on his stage doing his thing. And then he gets off the stage, and then um, next thing you know, Ricky Skaggs shows up. Um, he's a bluegrass singer, one of my dad's all time favorite singers. I'm surprised he kept his composure because he walks out on stage and starts doing a thing, and we're like in awe like, this is happening in front of us. Um, and then so that happens, and so we finally. We realized they're doing another concert a few days later, and that's going to have I think the man Lone Star was going to be in it. It was several other people hosted by none other than David Hasselhoff. Really? And yes, and uh, it was it was crazy. And we went to that too late, a few days later, and uh, basically you know it's packed house. I mean there's a few thousand people there. And then David Hasselhoff comes out and do, does his thing. He's making a fool of himself, and he introduces the thing. And the next thing you know, like Lone Star comes out and does their thing, and everyone's anticipating them, but they won't play. are like playing their new music that nobody wants to hear. <laughs> People want to hear their old classics. And then David Hasselhoff comes back on stage and starts doing this like song and dance routine. Everybody left. We all got up and left. Oh. And that's my story of the weird BP oil spill, um, yeah, concert thing. I'm sorry, that was really long, but I had to get that off my chest.
0: Oh, by all means, that's that's part of the the whole anecdotal way to to kick off these discussions because I have podcasted with you for years and did not know that you ever attended a BP oil spill benefit concert.
1: That's I I don't think I've ever so, told that story ever I don't think because everyone everyone else that like is around here like knows that happened and tries to forget it sometimes
0: Yeah, I can see why. Um, um <laughs> but that also is is something that leads to to great um memory making value and and great a- anecdote value because right. now that's a story that you can you can tell to to anybody that wants to ask you about what the best concert you've ever been to was. It's like, well, I don't know what the best concert was, but I could definitely tell you the weirdest one. Or the Yeah, worst it's definitely one.
1: the weirdest one, the best the best, the one that made the best story, I guess.
0: Yeah. There you go. Um, I can probably count on like one hand, maybe both hands, the number of concerts, like actual concerts that I've been to. Um, some of them are orchestra performances. Like when I went to go see Jurassic Park in concert, they played the okay. in- movie on a screen and then the orchestra pit played the john williams score at the correct intervals of the movie and that was really cool unfortunately it was with a date that is not my fiance so there's kind of a tainted image there and i kind of want to go back so that i can have like new memories made um but it's not it's not like a regular thing it like circulates and tours and stuff so um whenever it comes back around i definitely want to go see something like that again they do star wars like that sometimes i'd be yeah. so down to see like i do bucket list yeah that would be that would be awesome um and then in my college days i had a, a real thing for gospel rap i don't <laughs> know how, how many people know all that much about that sub genre of rap but there are, you know, Christians who will do rap music, kind of like how yeah. Skillet does, kind of like Christian rock. There are performers out there that will do Christian rap, talking about their their, their you know gangster days, their life in the hood, and then how God <laughs> turned their life around, that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's it's actually kind of cool to like hear very M and M type raps, like the Beats are are very very similar to what you would hear from contemporary rap but the stories that they tell are just a little bit different within the within the lyrics and they had this one i wouldn't call it a benefit but it was almost like a conglomerate type of concert where probably like 5 or 6 different gospel artists all performed in this giant mega church auditorium here in the Dallas area and they were they were doing the songs from an album that they collaborated on together called man up and they played all eight or nine tracks from the man up album and then each of the artists got to hand pick like their two or three favorite songs that they have done individually and they all like each artist got showcased for a little while doing some of their favorite songs from their previous albums and And it was just really cool getting to hear kind of like a like a best of type of type of event. And it was it was all very, very Christian and God oriented. And they had like some motivational speakers and stuff that would come in every now and then to give the performers a break. And believe it or not, rap can be slow at times. and it, it's not like having to spit fire really quickly all the time.
1: No, they're not. They're not and all Eminem rappers. They're, they're
0: not, Eminem. not. No, they're not. But what was really interesting for, for me as a believer was they actually found a way to turn a rap song, also kind of just a little bit, into a praise and worship song. And I can send you guys the link to anybody who actually wants to hear it but i was just genuinely impressed to hear like rappers doing their equivalent of praise and worship music it's really cool i had never cool. seen i'd never seen those two like genres get fused before but like at the end of the concert they kind of slowed it down with like something that felt like a praise and worship song and people were like really getting into it and and um I, I don't really know how how to describe it, man, but it was it was just different from other experiences that I'd had. Like I'd been to like praise and worship nights with my small group before, and I had been to like rap concerts where it was just rap, 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 rap. But to to fuse the two of those together was was really unique, and so um, that's probably one of my favorite concert experiences. I definitely have like bucket list items. Like I want to see the Eagles. I want to see queen i want to see i want to see willie nelson you know he's a texas legend i want to i want to see a willie nelson concert like i've got these bucket list items of concerts that i kind of want to attend but i just either can't afford it or i'm not in the mood for it or i never get around to it like i don't think i've been to a concert in at least five years it's just it's not something that's been on my radar recently right but cir- circling all the way back around this is the second bad bunny concert that Edna's been to in the last calendar year wow like this is this is her absolute favorite artist and she told me that her nosebleed seat tickets were like triple digits like this guy sells out every venue that he goes to. Apparently, it's it's, it's crazy.
1: I, that's when, where when I, I think, know the name from because he's been in he's been in movies. He was in Bullet Train. Uh, he was in Fast Nine. Yeah, he's he's all over the place.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's he's creeping his way into mainstream pop culture. But his his main thing for the long, longest time has been um, some sort of new age uh, synth pop rap type of music for spanish speakers so what's funny for me is when when i think of bad bunny i think of like if bugs bunny had turned evil or something (laughs) like i'm i'm so sheltered i think think of like looney tunes is like where my mind goes to so (sighs) it is what it is but y'all hit us up up on social media let us know what your favorite uh concert you've been to has been i see kenny's joining us in the chat thanks for being a part of the show tonight kenny appreciate you um we just happened to have an evening free and uh got together tonight so you know if we don't have a whole whole, whole lot of live people it's not a huge deal we didn't really promote it uh too terribly much until the last minute so um this is mostly for those of you that tune in on on apple and Google and Castbox and Podbean and all those other places. This is this is more for you guys,
1: all of the people in the future.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. So I guess we can go to our next segment.
1: Yeah. Um, speaking speaking this, of going places to to venues and watching stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I know what I've been watching. I know what you've been watching.
0: I, I watched it at least once. Um, I don't know how many times you went to go see it. Just, but just I was... the
1: once. But I love and the we... fact that we were doing it at the exact same time.
0: Yeah, we went like on the s- same day. It was like a Sunday mid to late afternoon, right?
1: Yeah, I was in the theater and you were posting pictures of you in the theater. I'm like, well, <laughs> watching, you know, a few years later, you know, we first saw Rogue One together back in 2016, and yeah. it really cool that uh, in two different states, I was actually in Florida at that point, so I was even farther away than normal. Oh. And uh, yeah, yeah, saw so Rogue One, a Star Wars story again, back in IMAX. Um, really, really great to to revisit that one.
0: I was reminded of how great that movie is. Yeah. It's not one that I usually will, like, watch on a regular basis. In fact, I can't even recall the last last time I watched a Star Wars movie at home. You know, the the last... The last Star Wars movie that I saw before this was probably Rise of Skywalker that I was seeing in theaters back in 2019, early 2020. Like, I genuinely don't recall if I watched like Phantom Menace on a whim or you know what? No, I, I take that back. I watched Kenobi, obviously. So I, I guess that counts as Star Wars content that I viewed at home. And Edna wanted to do a rewatch of the pre- prequels in order to get ready for Kenobi so that she had better context. Okay. So I think we did I think we did watch the prequels um earlier this year. But I mean, that was probably like in January, February, like a lot that's happened since then. So all in all, I prefer the Rogue One theater experience over any other Star Wars film that I've seen in theaters. I haven't seen Empire in theaters, but I did get to do a rewatch of A New Hope in a local community theater, and that was pretty cool. Because they had like the original film that wasn't like the um, edited, updated version from the 90s or anything. Like we didn't even have the job of the hut scene in that. Oh movie. wow,
1: that um, is old school.
0: Like, like it's the old old school uh, original film, and that was that was fun and it was nostalgic. But I still say that the best theater viewing experience that I've gotten from Star Wars is Rogue One.
1: Both like like obviously we saw it for those who don't know, we've talked about it a thousand times. Um, we saw it at the, at the Chinese theater and that was amazing, one of the best theater experiences ever. And uh, I have to say the most recent one. I went to the theater. I went to had really great like the visuals, like some theaters, they're starting to show their age, the screen there's like there will be like spaces in the screen and stuff like that and the sound's not very good or somebody's kicking your seat or whatever else something goes wrong um wasn't that case for this one this was like top of the line like you a really great uh a viewing experience and it reminded me of like like you said like this movie is amazing like it, it really is and it, it's hard to like i did i really forget rogue one was that good but i guess i did because watching it again was just like
0: whoa hair blown
1: back it's uh it's good to be back
0: what was, what what was something from the movie that, um, that maybe you had forgotten looked so good on the big screen, like was there a particular piece of cinematography, a particular moment, a particular action sequence that you're like, whoa, this is like even better than I remember.
1: Yeah, I still, still like that final act that i know this is this is a cop-out answer i know but it's it's the truth i'm speaking the truth here um that final act that final battle the space battle to the ground battle to what's going on in the tower everything like that is some of the best star wars or not some of the best stuff period put to screen like it is incredible it's so vast and seeing it on a giant screen like that like it's meant to be viewed on the biggest screen possible and you know it's just get the sound and everything the visuals um it's beautiful it's gorgeous and then you know and it just it has all these ups and downs of you know these intense thrills this great action but also brings the feels and i i must found myself tearing up again watching the movie because you know, some there's some of those deaths really hit hard. Um, and it's just it's just great to see him. You know, it really you know it's it's a gorgeous movie and so many great visuals and yeah, just Rogue One in general, we've talked about it a thousand times. But you know, it's it's the contrast of like this hellish wars warscape on this just gorgeous beach and everything like that. Just the juxtaposition of that is just. It's brilliant. Everything about Rogue One I, I love so much.
0: Yeah, I, I've always appreciated the, 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 like you said, the juxtaposition of something as brutal as a as a crucial moment in a in a rebellion, a crucial moment in a war, and and something as beautiful as like an oasis, beach paradise. I love Scarif. I, I think Scarif is an awesome location. It's one of the best planets we've been to in all of Star Wars, and I, I hate that it ended up getting more or less got a got a giant crater put put into it. But it was basically <laughs> ruined by the Death Star.
1: Basically, like, not not a paradise anymore after that.
0: Well, I'm sure that the atmospheric conditions were affected after a giant hole was put down to the core. You know what I mean?
1: Like, Not to mention all the water probably drained into that hole.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. So, like, that scene was really, really, really powerful for me. Like, that's part of the reason why I ended up seeing it seven times over the course of seven days, that opening week. Like, I saw it the, the day before I flew back to Texas. Texas and then the day of I just did traveling and tried to get myself reacclimated and then like the next day I saw it twice or something like that. Like I just I wanted to see it so many times before it left the big screen and a lot of it was because of that last twenty five to thirty minutes. This time around, however, I was very surprisingly blown away by the destruction of Jetta City i i did not realize the scope and the depth and the camera work involved in watching the destruction of a city from a like a space station's point of view from a first person point of view from a third person turning into first person the way you see with Saul Guerrero. he's observing it he's watching it happen and then it makes its way towards him and and all of a sudden you shift out of an observer standpoint which is what he had been to now experiencing it and all of those those things are happening like like in the span of just a few minutes And and that's just crazy to me so yeah I really really enjoyed this experience and our buddy Mondo said that he enjoyed it too he said that he's not really – like his first time seeing it in the theaters, it wasn't a great viewing experience. But this time around, it was a better experience, and he enjoyed it.
1: That's great. That's great. And I, I heard a lot of people seeing it for the first time in IMAX this time around, which was just awesome. Um, more, more people exposed to the, the amazingness that is Rogue One, and also that, that Ander footage was just – really great.
0: Yes. Yes, this the scene of them what they reveal from Andor was like a it was like in a warehouse, like a like a shooting sequence in a in a warehouse building, right?
1: Yeah, it was like a like I it felt it felt like a real location to me. I don't know if that was a set or not. Um I know that Tony Gilroy's kind of been bragging about the fact that there's no volume in this show, but it felt like they went down to the docks or something in london and like freaking shot this and uh i don't want to give away any spoilers for those of you actually that specific set of footage is on disney plus right now so if you want to go watch it you can um but uh yeah if you if you if you are avoiding i won't give any spoilers away but it's a really cool sequence It, it it does stuff with like the the environment and like it's obviously there's a there's a firefight and there's people shooting at each other, but then there's like this environmental aspect that you like didn't expect, but then it's like really kind of dynamic and, and and ingenious.
0: I'm I'm very very excited for Andor. I'm I'm very excited that there is so much pop culture TV happening this fall. Period. You got stuff from the Star. Star Wars universe with Andor, you've got stuff from the Marvel universe with She-Hulk, you've got stuff from the Lord of the Rings universe with Rings of <laughs> Power, you've got stuff from the Game of Thrones universe with House of the Dragon. Dude, this is the fall of the nerd, and I don't mean like like the downfall. I mean like the season. This is the autumn of nerddom.
1: It's it's funny. Um, everyone was asking because they pushed back Andor. was like, why they push it back? Well, things like, isn't it clear? They just wanted to give it some space because there's too much competition. There's She-Hulk yeah. and House of Dragon, Rings of Power. Of course, they're gonna push it back. They're gonna drop in the middle of this madness that we're living in right now. Um, of course. So, uh, yeah, we are s- freaking spoiled. Spoiled.
0: Let me let me ask you, how much of those things that we just listed are Are you currently watching or in the case of Andor, like planning to watch? I know you're planning to watch Andor, um, but how much of some of those other things are you are you actually consuming? I know Game of Thrones isn't really your thing, but I saw you make a post about Rings of Power the other day.
1: I I have I'm really into Rings of Power. I also watched a bit of House
0: of Dragon. No way. I did. Hey, okay, we got to start there then. We'll we'll go to Rings of Power because I've only seen the first episode. I watched the pilot tonight, actually, so it's very fresh on my mind. But this is like groundbreaking for me. This is like (laughs) Earth.
1: Don't get ahead
0: of yourself. Don't get ahead of yourself. Literally, since we've started this podcast, I well, okay, maybe not literally because I don't think I was watching it back in twenty fourteen. I think I started like in twenty sixteen, maybe. But basically, since we've started this podcast i have wanted to talk, talk about stuff from game of thrones with you what what how many episodes have you seen and, and what did you think
1: i watched a half an episode
0: okay okay i can work with that oh i said
1: half what? an episode i got to a scene and i said no nah, the same for me <laughs> I chickened uh, out halfway it? through. I chickened out halfway through. I will I am I am man enough to admit that.
0: What 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 scene was it that that you It was you
1: the it was the it was the childbirthing scene in the first episode. Uh,
0: oh, yeah, that one was pretty rough to watch. Look, it was here's the
1: deal is it was on HBO Max. And I have mm-hmm. access to HBO Max thanks to you. Really? And I wasn't planning to watch it. And especially going back to 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 Uh, to Game of Thrones it was less that I was wasn't really interested in the show which is the fact that it wasn't inaccessible to me I had to sign up for HBO I I couldn't I couldn't get to the show I couldn't watch it so easily as I can now I when I realized that House of Dragon was going to be on HBO Max I'm like okay all right I could watch it if I wanted to Mm -hmm. um and maybe I'll give it a shot because why not and maybe I'll I'll jump on the train now Um, and yeah, like I said, I, I got partway into it. I'm like, nah, this is, I'm not sure about this. Um, look, I am not, never say never, never say never. I dip my toe in. I didn't exactly enjoy it, but I get, I, I think I get it more now. I definitely like, I understand that it's a me problem, not, not the show's problem. Um, (laughs) and it's, and it's definitely like, I understand why people enjoy it because like I was watching it going like you watch certain shows like you're watching She-Hulk and it's just like I know what to expect know what to expect pretty much you know I'm not going to see anything too outlandish too crazy you're watching House of Dragon anything can happen okay like you see you know you can see people getting their heads chopped off and you know there and all this kind of stuff I almost saw Matt Smith's dick like, you know, I like there, there's there's all kinds of stuff like it's unexpected. I totally get the fascination with, oh, my God, this is just. There is no there's the the training wheels are off. Anything can happen and anybody can die and anybody can have sex with anybody. And, uh, you know, there can be some very brutal, brutal scenes and, you know, it's it's all out there. I get it. Um, I didn't enjoy what I saw, but I'm, I'm still open. I still, I, it was like me going, dipping my toe and going like, I'm going to give this a shot. I, I want to at least say that I tried, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't get a full, full episode, so I don't feel like I've, I've even given it a chance just yet. So, uh, yeah, but, uh, I have, I have, I did a little bit.
0: Well, if, if I may, um, having seen the first episode of, of rings of power and then having seen uh, all of the first few episodes of house of the dragon um i will say there are probably going to be some scenes uh, it looks like there are going to be some scenes in, in, in rings of power that are going to be pretty intense maybe not maybe not childbirthing type of intense but the action sequences that i have seen on house of the dragon so so far, are actually fairly comparable. Um, I'm not. I'm not trying to like compare apples to oranges too terribly much, but some yeah. of the, but some of some of the choreography and the clashing of swords and like the man against creature type of vibe, uh, um, those are all elements that you're going to see in both shows, both House of the Dragon and Rings of Power. Um, and I would also say that the the pilot episode episode of the of the Game of Thrones prequel was probably trying a little too hard to be very, very similar to the original Game of Thrones. Yeah. Episodes two and three are more about um, character development and plot development. And there are no sex scenes and there are no gruesome. Some type scenes that are comparable to what you ended up turning off.
1: Yeah, I I, yeah, I could I can sense that that's like a part of it. They were trying to get people back in. You want that shock value in that first episode. You want to establish, okay, this is kind of a smorgasbord of what you can expect from the whole show. Not every episode is going to be like this. But yes. this is where the thing and maybe maybe it's you know also to bring people in and go like oh yeah you wanted that you you wanted it like game of thrones well that's back but also to weed out the 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 whiny babies the 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 wusses like me <laughs> and go you better get out now it's going it's only it's all is this is this is all this is a smorgasbord what you're going to expect
0: Yeah it was probably like a like a like a sampler buffet maybe like don't put it like that don't the, don't put it like that on a buffet, <laughs> just lay it all all out there <laughs> oh, um, <gosh. laughs> um, did you get to see i i I kind of forget the the sequences um did you get to see some of the of the jousting? Yes, I did, yes, I did
1: That was some gnarly stuff in there too, with you know that like Guy's got his face ripped off and stuff like that. Like it's it's real. But it's very, you know, I I mean, like just like from a critical standpoint of this, like I do like the, the all the, you know, the maneuvering and the political intrigue. And, you know, Damon's a really interesting character and in his whole relationship. And you get that he's kind of an asshole. He's kind of a he, he's kind of a messed up guy. But maybe he does have. The best interests of his family at heart maybe he is kind of telling the truth and saying the right thing sometimes um despite maybe going about it the wrong way and you know and all these people are you know that's that's the whole point of it all it's just like these are a lot of messed up people but they're they are kind of trying to do their best they can or or not um but i do like it and i think it it gave me a new appreciation for this whole franchise well
0: that, that that's good i i i Appreciate the the endeavor that you took, and I was I'm, brave. I'm that I was brave. You, were, you were brave. you went on you went on the roller coaster. You threw up on the middle of the ride, but you braved the <laughs> roller coaster. I did it, Mom. I did it. Look at me. Well, dude, if you if you ever feel brave again, I would definitely say that episodes two and three are a lot milder and probably a bit more um story driven than scare tactics driven and Mm -hmm. if you liked some of the stuff that damon did you might like some of the stuff that he does in episodes two and three so uh um maybe we can circle back to that at some point
1: right right yeah i'm already Uh, feeling a little bit of fomo um after not watching a couple episodes um and seeing everyone else reacting to it uh so yeah yeah maybe who knows who knows what might happen
0: uh, let me see. I think Jesse was in the chat a few minutes ago. I'm not sure if he's still with us. I think he is. He says, "What's up, fellas? Good to have you joining us, Jesse. Thanks for being a part of tonight." Uh, Kenny sends in a chat saying, "There is a ton of great TV shows. Um, some still going on. Uh, Star Girl just came back with season three. Won't spoil it, but it's pretty good so far. Three episodes in this season. You know, I think that's the other thing too. Kenny is. There's so much variety out there." There, there's so much content we are flooded with content and for those of us that have you know full-time jobs and then part-time side hustles and then we have this podcast on top of that like sometimes we gotta pick and choose what we're gonna spend our time on and I'm probably gonna watch episode two of rings of power tonight but I'm probably not gonna see episode three um anytime soon because I've got to start cleaning my house for my bachelor party that I'm hosting tomorrow. Uh So Um, I am that. That's the other thing that makes this episode so big, dude. The next episode we do. I'm going to be a married man. That's wild. That's wild. Like you knew me when I was fresh out of high school and just doing this podcast thing to get some broadcast experience i was 19 20 years old maybe 21 and here i am just recently 29 and by the time episode 355 comes around i will be married
1: it's crazy man and i i i feel old like I feel real old because I know we were freaking youngsters when it all started, and uh, time has changed.
0: It's it's definitely this this show. We are different people now. Yeah. Like I I will say that with a hundred percent confidence that we are completely different people than we were. 350 episodes ago like that's just that's just a fact but i will say what's really funny is i i i use this thing called time hop you know time hop right oh yeah i will go through my time hop every day i've done it for like 900 days in a row or something like it's starting to worry me how often and how consistent i'm doing this um but the other day um my time hop from seven years ago said Five movies I will never say no to, and I listed Lion King, Dark Knight, Jurassic Park, Empire Strikes Back, and and Guardians of the Galaxy. Wow. I'm virtually certain that is what originated my whole idea of top five movies that I'll never say no to. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I can look at this list and say, you know what? I still agree with everything on that list. Those are all movies that if somebody asked me if I wanted to watch it, I am never going to say no, no to watching those movies. So over the course of seven years, there are a few things, I guess, that don't change. But um, there, there's a lot of other change that definitely takes place in that time.
1: Right. Crazy.
0: Um, I think one other one that we probably need to put on our list, and I'm, and I'm seeing it um, in this group chat that we're part of for those. Jurassic Park Boys, um, Emmy nominated, Emmy winning, I think. I think it was at least nominated. I think it won. Um, a a TV series based on a video game called Arcane.
1: Right. I, it's uh, it's based on uh, what is it? Uh, uh, it's not Dungeons and Dragons. It's the other one. It's. <laughs>
0: Don't ask me. I'm not a gamer.
1: Um, I know it's based on something heard- that I have no knowledge of, but I've been told you don't have to have any knowledge of this thing to enjoy the show. And I've heard nothing, but League of Legends.
0: League of Legends. League of Legends.
1: There Legends.
0: We go. I knew
1: it was a. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's based on League of Legends, but it's original story, and I've heard so many freaking good things about it, and it's on Netflix.
0: Yeah, yeah, and honestly, it's from like those recommendations from people that uh, I intend to check it out. But what's what's so funny is, uh, there's there's shows that I like enjoyed a season of it, and then never got around to seeing more of it. Um, The Witcher is a great example. Yeah. I really enjoyed the last three or four episodes of season one of The Witcher, and then I never circled back to season two. I really enjoyed um, the reboot of Lost in Space, and then I never, never got around to watching the final season. So I feel like I'm really behind on television because I want to watch things like Arcane, and I want to get finished up with things like Lost in Space. But then I don't even have enough time to see the new episode of She-Hulk. You know? <laughs> Me neither. Like, like whatever episode released uh, yesterday, the 8th, I haven't seen it yet. And I'm probably not going to until, like, maybe next week or, who knows, three or four weeks from now. Because this next week is going to be hella crazy. I'm going to be working during the day and then doing, like, wedding prep and setup and stuff. Uh, at night. So you're getting you're
1: getting My married. You're stuff. getting married. Bachelor parties set up, everything like that. And then there's a new episode of She-Hulk. Ain't nobody got time for that.
0: Yeah, for real. For real.
1: And I'm just living uh, a quote-unquote normal life over here. And I'm looking at an episode of She-Hulk, a new episode of Rings of Power that I need to watch that I really want to watch. And then I've got, oh, by the way, I had a freaking Daredevil rewatch that I had never finished. And oh, oh, I was watching Superman and Lois, never finished that, never got around to finishing that. And like, just That's it never insane. ends. Like,
0: completely completely not on my radar. Like, I, I I've heard you guys, guys, like you and Kenny and a couple other people say good things about Superman and Lois. It is so like low on my on my priority watch list, because of all the other content out there and how much I gotta pick and choose what i'm watching
1: i don't i yes. don't I didn't finish season two I haven't finished it yet. I will finish it eventually um was as big of a fan of season two as I was season one? Just gonna throw that out there i hope i'm I hope I can finish it and say say differently but
0: uh interesting, interesting. yeah interesting okay um well we've we've touched on it a little bit let's go ahead and and dive a little bit deeper. Obviously, I can't dive um, quite as deep as as you can, but that's okay because I've seen more of House of the Dragon and you've seen more of Rings of Power. So we kind of uh, balance it out. What have you made of the show so far?
1: Oh, I I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. And I'm going into this as someone who is a very casual fan of Tolkien and Lord of the Rings and someone who's seen all the movies once and I'm like, oh, those are great movies. Like, obviously, I think Lord of the Rings are some of the best movies ever made, but they're not movies. You know, I'm not saying I would say no to them, but they're also not the top of my list to watch any time I get a chance. I know people that are like anytime time they sit down extended editions. Let's go. I'm not that person. Um, I enjoyed the movies. If anybody said, let's go watch Lord of the Rings, I'd be like, hell yeah, but I'm not going to do that myself. But So going into this, I didn't really watch the trailers. I wasn't anticipating it all that much. I knew it was coming, but then the reviews started coming out, and I started seeing stuff, and I started seeing clips, and knowing that it was out, I'm like, okay, i got to give this a shot. And so watched it, watched both episodes, and both of the uh, the premiere episodes and blown away. like just um just an amazing show thus far. Um, supposedly, they sunk like a billion dollars into this, like the most expensive series ever. And it shows it shows. and and I will say to you specifically, um that the first episode is good. Second episode is, I think a lot better. I think it does a lot of stuff. There's a lot of things that are introduced that i like that i think was kind of missing from the first episode the first episode is very it's very serious it's very strong it's very kind of uptight about itself it's introducing everything second episode kind of loses some baggage and uh is more there's some more levity thrown in there that i quite liked That kind of remind me hey you know this isn't all that serious they don't lord of the rings isn't that pretentious it doesn't take itself too seriously and there's some great moments of humor in this next episode that I quite liked. Um, I can't wait there for the third episode. But like overall, it just looks freaking amazing, man. It looks so good. Like it's one of the best looking shows ever. And who would have thought, you know, the, the Game of Thrones prequel, the show that's really been up on a pedestal as being movie quality so far, would have another show coming out the exact same time that equals, if not rivals, it's. Um, in quality and uh, scope, um, just brilliant, and you really you look at the show and you look at you know footage from the movies, like it's hard to discern which is which because they've they've gone out loud. so needless to say, I'm hooked like I'm all in on this, I'm all in on the mysteries that they're introducing, the characters that they have they have so many things happening that you know I don't know where this is going, but i'm I'm all in, so way more interested in the show than i than I thought it would be, so. I'm very excited to, as I said, third episode's out. Been out for what, 24 hours, and I haven't seen it yet, so it's, it's kind of bothering me.
0: Well, let me let me let me ask you this: If if somebody in the show dies in childbirth, is that going to be your cutoff?
1: So far, it has been pretty tame, pretty tame. It's been more in line with the films in regards to things. I can, I I think. Uh, I think I can I think I'm I'm psyched myself up. I I've, mean, I've watched game of thrones. I can watch anything, can I? So, uh, yeah.
0: Well, I I I I will concur with what you said about the the set pieces and the scope, and I will piggyback off of that and say that I really appreciated the types of transitions that they used in this first episode. That kind of gave me an idea of where in the world we are because it keeps referencing the map like indiana jones does when he's hopping from place to place around planet earth we we kind of map hop from region to region on this middle earth map taking us to different parts of the world and also kind of lets us know this is the elven capital this is the realm of men this is where these folks usually live this is the forever lands that is way, 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 way across on this ocean that's, like, so far away from everything else. Like, the the context that the scene transitions offer really, really helps a a casual viewer like me not get lost because it is so easy to get lost in Tolkien's world. It is so, so easy to get lost in all of the different location names and the different types of creatures and what they um, possess as far as like capabilities strengths weaknesses you know personality types whatever like it's so so diverse and 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 it's it's diverse regionally it's it's diverse population wise um I, i i think in one particular scene there was like hints of a potential Um, lesbian relationships so it had like some inclusion opportunities as well Mm -hmm. like there was there was just a lot about this show that I I wasn't ready for the episode to be over Uh, I'll give you that I was kind of upset when the 66 minutes were up and it was like time for episode 2 and I was like haha psych it's time for the podcast (laughs) because I I wanted to see what was happening next, and I and I'll I'll say this, and then I'm done. There actually is one very small connection between Game of Thrones and Rings of Power. Do you want, want me to tell you what that is?
1: Yes, because I don't think I know of the Star Wars connection, but not the Game of Thrones connection.
0: So yes, there is a Star Wars connection as. Well. Well, um and I and I saw that one too. Yeah. Uh, I'll I'll let I'll let I'll let you reveal that one to the audience for those that don't know. Okay. Um, the actor who plays young Elrond also played young Ned Stark in the original Game Game of Thrones.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: They would do certain flashback sequences where. Ned is trying to come and rescue his sister Lyanna from the hands of the evil Targaryens and the actor who was playing a younger version of Sean Bean, who was also in Lord of the Rings (laughs) the actor that they chose to play a younger version of Sean Bean is the same actor who is now playing young Elrond uh, in Rings of Power
1: that's wild yeah that's that's really cool
0: it's kind of kind of crazy how it all comes full full circle i forget his name off the top of my head but if you go to imdb i was i was looking at his face going i swear i know him from somewhere he looks like a, a like if neil patrick harris got bought off of wish where do i know him from and and then i go imdb him and i was like son of a gun i thought i knew it
1: and uh you, you we, we mentioned the Star Wars connection, for those for those who don't know, I, I can't take credit for this. It was someone on Twitter that actually said this. Um uh Ismail uh Cruz Cardova, um, who plays the uh the what's his character's name? Arondir. Erondir. I'm see they always they always they, they trill their Rs and stuff like that. I can't do that, okay? They're, they're, they Not talk always. so eloquently in *Lord of the Rings*. Um, and uh, so he, obviously, big player in this series. Um, you may also remember once you once you see this, you can't unsee it. Um, he was uh, the Twi'lek in that one episode of *Mandalorian* where man, they they go to rescue the dude out of the cell in the prison ship, and he's the purple purple brother Twi'lek. I can't remember his name.
0: Oh, the the one who's kind of a dick to everybody.
1: Right, right. The guy they ultimately bring back and uh,
0: and and he's got, everybody. He's got kind of a kind of a guttural voice to him, right? Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know who you're talking about. I'm gonna go ahead and just open up IMDb because I need I need to give all of this context now. <laughs> uh, let me
1: see. uh, chapter six, the prisoner.
0: Ismail um, is... Cruz Cordova as you mentioned. He hasn't been in a whole lot of other stuff. He was in something called the undoing and then something called settlers, which only got 4.7 stars.
1: I actually um, quite liked what I quite like about, um, uh, rings of power is the fact that it doesn't have like any like really big names in it. Like I didn't like, obviously I'm not as, I'm as cultured as some people, but like I didn't recognize really any, any of the main cast members um and it wasn't until after the fact that I'm like oh I've seen that guy before in something but uh you know it's it's nice to kind of like i guess it you know it's 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 easier to kind of get pulled into the story if you're gonna like oh that's tom cruise as an elf
0: mm-hmm. yeah i don't think i'd want to see tom cruise but i i feel like some of these are are faces that it's like, I know them. Where do I know them? And then you you go and look and you're like, oh, oh I did see them in such and such. Like like when I when I recognized um the, the fellow who played young Ned Stark. Um Robert Aramayo. He's he's Elrond yeah. in the series and then he was young Ned in Game of Thrones. Oh. And then, then I feel like there was one other that I thought I recognized. I may have to circle back. Um, Lenny Henry. Um, He plays Sadoc or Sadoc. Um, I think he's the Harfoot leader. And he was in a couple of things that I thought I recognized as well, including (laughs) the Harry Potter franchise. He was in. He was in Harry Potter. He was in Netflix's The Sandman, and he was in Doctor Who. Um, but those are all brief types of appearances. They're not like the full scale ones. So again, you feel like you know their face, but it's not like like Tom Cruise type of face recognition.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: I like where this show seems to be going. I I, I feel like the first episode episode kind of sets a lot of things up which is what gives the show its potential it's a world that you recognize but it's a time that you don't recognize and i like the nature of the untapped potential that they're trying to tap into i re- really need a Kate blanchett cameo though if you're going to make galadriel one of the main characters you have got to honor the lady that played her first so I'm I hoping.
1: mean, I, that's where See. I'm wondering, like, you know, this show, where it could go. You know, obviously there could be multiple seasons, um, some some time jumps, some some further tie ins with the movies, some straight up, you know, maybe recreations of of scenes, because I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of flashbacks in the original Lord of the Rings movies that they could maybe do for real. Like I'm thinking, you know, the the Ysildur. You know Elrond going into the volcano to get rid of the ring, and you know, silver's like, "Nope, I keep in the ring." And uh, like, like I would love to see them do that, but like maybe I don't know. Do you bring back you bring back the original actors, or do you have the younger actors do it? I don't know. Uh,
0: time will tell, I suppose. The, the the ageless nature of the dwarves make uh, not the the elves. I don't think the dwarves are ageless, but the 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 nature of 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 elven timelessness really gives you, you know, centuries uh, or even millennia to work with. And and you can just be like, oh, well. You've hardly aged a day. Well, that makes sense because you're an elf and you've got magic like (laughs) it's a really easy cop out. But right.
1: Um, And and you will be pleased to know that that is a theme in uh, episode two. Um, oh, okay. that that's something that's actually like addressed of like the whole t- how time passes and age and how the elves perceive time and uh, how it relates to the dwarves.
0: OK, well, I'm, now I'm looking forward to that because the relationship yeah. between elves and dwarves is one of my favorite ones in all of Middle Earth.
1: Oh, it's, it's a centerpiece of this next episode. You're going to love it.
0: Well, let's finish this podcast. So
1: I can <laughs> next episode
0: then. Well, that's all today. That's all, folks. That's, that's all, folks. folks. We You're got that. we got rings of power to watch. Bet you later. <laughs> um, I guess the other one that we that we kind of wanted to touch on uh just a little bit was um, She Hulk. Yeah. That, that That's one that's been a source of controversy <laughs> of the the way that those episodes have been coming across to people. Um. What, they what just
1: like they keep upping the ante. I think they're intentionally trolling their audiences. Like, what can we go what can we get put in the episode to piss people off?
0: Well, what's really funny is the the, the post credit scene with Megan the Stallion I right. heard was um, written in later. Like that wasn't something that they originally were going to do, but then they found out that Tatiana Maslani was a huge fan of Megan the stallion in real life. So they wrote a scene for her just so they could be in, in the same scene together.
1: Oh my gosh. And then, and
0: then, and then the next thing, you know, that's actually from what I heard a producer say, that's actually Tatiana Maslany um, twerking.
1: (laughs) That's that there's pictures. There is pictures of her in a motion capture suit doing it like for real.
0: Yep. And then they just CGI'd the 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 she-hulk green around her but yeah maslani was actually twerking with megan the stallion on set that's and I, i i i am still unsure how i feel about that because i i recognize that this is like a breaking the fourth wall type of show and it's going to have some of that crazier zanier out there stuff to it But at the same time, I'm sitting here going, man, this is the show that's supposed to be introducing Daredevil to us soon. And this vibe that we've got right now is so different from what we got with, you know, how serious and stoic Matt Murdock can be sometimes.
1: Yeah, it's uh, they're definitely pushing the envelope. And it's definitely look, it's cringe. okay, it's cringe as the kids, as the kids say these days, cringe AF. But I think it's supposed to be that. Like, you know, like we're 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 in a universe we're used to things blowing up and action sequences and people giving rousing speeches and being stoic and all this kind of stuff. And then you have, you know, Megan the Stallion and 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 a big green woman twerking like that's that's that should elicit some kind of reaction either positive or negative um so i think you know if you don't like it that's that's perfectly fine i think that's a, a perfectly reasonable to, uh reaction to go like wait what did i just watch mm-hmm. but that's the show that's that's she hulk it's just more and more ridiculousness i'm just like what can we do just to be absolutely insane um and after Ten years of like people going, all these Marvel movies seem, seem the same. They're all the same color. Like, okay, you're getting something different now. You may not like it, but it's something different, something mm-hmm. weird and crazy.
0: You 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 get what you asked for. You said you wanted different. Well, guess what? It's different.
1: Guess what? This ain't this thing. You're this ain't your 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 uh granddaddy's uh Marvel. This ain't uh yeah, it's different
0: so okay you're you're kind of like the resident meme lord okay have you you have you seen the one um of somebody saying that um what's his name Kang is gonna be in trouble if she learns how to harness two of her different powers
1: <laughs> I think I've seen that. I would be remiss the- to miss this meme,
0: but like, like, in the in the first episode, she's learning from Bruce how to be a Hulk, and she can clap really, really hard, and it creates, like, sonic waves, right? Right. In this third episode – I haven't seen the fourth one – but in this third episode, she twerks with Megan the Stallion, and they're basically implying if she can learn how to make her cheeks clap and create sonic waves <laughs> – Tang is in trouble.
1: <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> yep, he Sonic is in trouble. Moves, he,
0: perhaps. Yep, We're all right. in trouble if that's if that's where this is going. <laughs> oh, oh, my. oh man. Okay, I I I do like the idea of what they did in the in that third episode. Um, with um with the inclusion of characters like Wong and the portrayal that they're going to be presenting of Abomination and the idea that there are people out there who are going to be using their powers for, you know, simple um, fraud rather than trying to take over the world. Right. You know what I mean? Like, there are some elements of the show that are really Intriguing that you have to like take somebody to court for impersonating somebody else and defrauding you out of six figures of your money like that's an interesting concept and 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 the idea um the idea that Emil Blonsky really isn't a bad guy it, i it, yeah it, it's i I like that it whole makes, it, thing. It makes it makes you think a little bit.
1: You're like you're coming into it. You're against him. You're like, oh, this is this is the guy that tried to, you know, this is abomination. Like, this is the guy from the old Incredible Hulk movie. Like, come on, this is a bad guy. And then he starts talking. You're like, OK, yeah, you're right. You do have a good point. Maybe he does deserve parole. Like, maybe he does deserve to have a normal life. Um, I don't think it's going to work out quite as well. I think he's got something up his sleeve. I think the fact that uh, good old Thunderbolts is uh in the works And he's kind of a he could be a potential member of that. I think things are probably going to go haywire, but uh, but I'm here for it, okay? And I'm I'm here for uh obama uh, uh, abomination uh, uh, redemption. There's something in there that there's got to be a got to be some kind of um, weird uh, catchphrase slash hashtag for that.
0: I'm I'm sure there will be. There always is. There's always a hashtag. Everything's got a hashtag, including our barbecue segment. That's got a hashtag like (laughs) everything's got a hashtag these days. But did did you know that um, Abomination's appearance in Shang-Chi is a direct result of his um, appearance in She-Hulk?
1: I think I did. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, I read somewhere that the showrunner for She-Hulk wanted to bring Emil Blonsky back into the fold. And Kevin Feige had the idea of making him have a cameo in the fighting pits in Shang-Chi in order to remind people that he exists. Because the last appearance that we'd seen from him was the Edward Norton Incredible Hulk film. That was the last time he had been seen, heard from, mentioned anything. So they just throw him in there for a few seconds for people to start freaking out and generating buzz a little bit. Be like, OMG, is that abomination? That's abomination. We haven't seen him since 08. Oh, my God. And then the next thing you know, boom. He's a quasi main character in She-Hulk.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's it, it's funny how, that's a pretty brilliant way of doing it. Like yeah. if you think about it because like there's there was those those stupid uh <laughs> stupid memes and uh and speculation for years like oh yeah that that old the Hulk movie it's not uh it's not canon anymore. They don't mention it whatever else and at that point we you know we had uh we had uh Thunderbolt Ross showing up and all kinds of stuff <laughs> and uh yeah so it, it's it's weird but it's it's amazing that finally we we're getting all the connected pieces and them literally mentioning it literally this meta reference uh you have Hulk saying i was literally a different person and <laughs> she looks oh. at the camera ha ha like yeah we're in on the joke
0: mm mm-hmm. yeah but re- regardless of of what happens to his character i am just excited to see daredevil in uniform like, I don't know if that's happening this episode probably isn't, but some I, uh,
1: I've heard things I've heard things that may be happening soon. I'm just going to say that.
0: Uh, see, when you said I've heard things, I was like, you better not be about to say that it's not happening till next season, because that is <laughs> the, like that is. The
1: oh, i oh, look, we're going to go out and riot together if that happens.
0: That is the thing that I've been waiting for from this show. So you better not take it away from me, damn it. All right. Well, I think that covers most of the whole what are you watching type of thing. Rogue One we saw in theaters on the same day. House of the Dragon, you gave it a shot. Rings of Power, I gave it a shot. And we're keeping up with She-Hulk as best we can. I'm also doing a couple of rewatches like Parks and Rec and The Office. Um, I haven't seen The Office in a few years, and Edna has never gone all the way through Parks and Rec before, so we're basically alternating one night we'll do a couple episodes of parks and rec and the next episode we'll do a couple episodes of the office and it's just kind of a trade-off kind of thing um but the cool part for me is there's an accompanying podcast out there right now called office ladies it's hosted by jenna fisher and angela kinsey two of the ladies from the tv show the office mm-hmm. and they do an episode by episode breakdown of the entire series And they've gone through like several seasons of the show already, like at least three or four seasons of the show they've covered, maybe even five they have, they they have covered on this podcast. And so when I'm watching the show, I then have the opportunity the next day while I'm driving around for work to go and listen to the recap episode that gives all the behind the scenes and trivia and tidbits about that episode I just watched. And it helps me appreciate the office more than I ever have. Like, I, I thought it was all right, but I think just now I'm finally starting to appreciate some of the comedic genius that goes on in this show.
1: Well, you know, a uh, uh, rewatch podcast with the actors from the show is like a trend now. It's coming with trends. Like you got um, uh, Michael Rosenbaum and Tom Welling are doing a, a Smallville podcast just like that. Mm-hmm. Um, really incredible age. It's just like People just from shows just going out and doing it. I don't think they're like commissioned by the studios or whatever. They're just doing it on their own because they enjoy talking about this stuff. That's... Well,
0: I mean, I think I think the Office Ladies one is like partnered with NBC and it's oh, got it's got okay. a it's got a uh, podcasting group called Earwolf that's like sponsoring it and producing it. Um, <clears throat> I know that there is one that's about the sitcom New Girl that's got De Deschanel on it with uh Hannah Simone and Lamorne Morris. Oh, that's cool called, They didn't come up with a title so they just called it Welcome to Our Show. And I'm like, "Really?" <laughs> like <laughs> you you can't come up with anything clever so you just say Welcome to Our Show. Um but that one's that one's pretty good. Um and then um the one one of my personal favorites is called Parks and Recollection and it's got um Rob Lowe as one of the co-hosts and Alan Yang, who is one of the um, writers and producers on the show, will uh, co-host with him, and so you get the actor's perspective and you get like a writer's, producer's perspective as well. And that that's one of the most more uh, insightful episodes that uh, or or shows that I listen to because you get a much broader perspective when you've got it from different points of attack, basically from a producer and an actor's standpoint yeah yeah exactly
1: it's just it's just like it, listening to actors talk to other actors and that's i inside of you is like one of my favorite podcasts uh Michael rosemont's podcast like it's just great to always you know and hear them talk about the stuff and the behind the scenes stories and you know you can't it doesn't get any better than that
0: yeah yeah i i need one for um friends is what i need i need like like David Schwimmer and Matt LeBlanc to do a friend's podcast together or something. I don't know. Um, or or just Joey and Chandler. Let's get Matthew Perry and Matt LeBlanc to do it together. But um, I digress. One of these days I would love to do a podcast that does like episode by episode discussion recap. So I'm doing that right now with um, House of the Dragon over on our buddy Sean's channel, uh, Phantom Empire, there's a, a, a weekly episode um, talking about each individual episode of House of the Dragon. It's a show called House of the Empire. If you haven't tuned into it yet, go check it out on YouTube. Um, we've talked about all three episodes so far, and then I'll be talking about episode four on Sunday, and then that's it for me. Once once episode four airs, that is my last episode for a couple of weeks. Because of uh, the wedding and the honeymoon and stuff, so I'll be taking a little bit of a break wouldn't there. Wouldn't that be
1: something? Wouldn't that be something? That uh, your wedding, your brides standing at the altar, everybody's looking at their watch. Where's Zach? Where's he at? Oh, he's he's a uh, he's a uh, recording that uh, that good old uh, House of the Dragon podcast. He couldn't make it.
0: He, 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 uh, he, he was finishing up a podcast episode. That would be so on brand for me, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you come in, you come in, you get the mic in your hand and your computer in the
0: other hand. You're like, you're just like podcasting. Well, I can't miss this. OK, thanks for thanks for tuning in, everybody. I, I got to go get married. I'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> and then I just show up at the altar. I Do you take this? Uh, I do. No, 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 Sean. I wasn't
1: talking to you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah no he 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 knows I'm going to be gone and and I'm I'm looking forward to my honeymoon it's it's going to be fun but uh definitely no podcasting going to be happening while I'm on my honeymoon so no. time off he deserves some time off take a time off for I'm taking time off from football. I'm taking time off from my ATM job. I'm taking time off from podcasting. Like, literally, I'm just going to isolate myself for two weeks. and It's just going to be her and I taking in the, the sights and the smells and the taste. It's going to be awesome.
1: I don't want to even look at a microphone for two
0: weeks. Leave me alone. Yeah, I hope not. I sincerely hope not. Um, We got a little bit more time on this show. Let's not just talk about what we've been watching, but let's talk about some of the stuff that's been announced. As you mentioned, D23... Ooh is happening right now and we're recording this before all all of the marvel and star wars stuff gets talked about unfortunately but there's at least like 10 or 12 things that happened tonight from like disney and disney animation and disney pixar lego star wars like there's all kinds of stuff that um has been released today i'm gonna do like a rapid fire um listing of everything really quick ben
1: yeah, and, yeah, and, go ahead.
0: And then you tell me like what are the top 3 things that you're most excited about. Cool. And then I'll do the top 3 things that stood out to me and maybe we just talk about those things for the sake of time. Yeah. Um one of the first things off the top, it wasn't like something that was supposed to be made in a press release but somebody snuck a photo in anyways. Um there are new logo reveals for Fantastic 4. Captain America: New World Order, which is Captain America 4 with uh, Sam as Cap instead of Steve, and then Daredevil: Born Again has like a a revamped old circular double D logo, which looks kind of retro but also kind of cool. Um, so those those three logos got revealed. There is a new Little Mermaid trailer with, with Halle Bailey um, as Ariel. Inside Out 2 was announced with Amy Poehler reprising her role as Joy, and it is said that the movie is going to follow Riley's thoughts as a teenager and introduce new emotions. Mufasa, the Lion King, was announced today at D23. It's basically supposed to be an origin story, I think. Uh, Not a whole lot of details given there, but they did reveal the logo um, in person and online. A new post for a new movie that's coming out Peter Pan and Wendy we've been getting a lot of live action stuff and we're finally getting to go to Neverland in live action so that was officially announced um we also got an announcement on Disney's first ever collaboration with an outside studio in a hundred years of Disney history they've always just bought out the studio <laughs> instead of collaborating with it. this is this is The first time that they actually work alongside a studio instead of just buying them outright, Disney and Kugali are working together on a new project called Iwajju. I think I may have mispronounced that, but it has been described as a love letter to Lagos and Nigeria, which I think is really cool and and Ben, i think yep i just lost power to my laptop
1: oh i think,
0: I think the, the the battery pack has overheated Oh, and you may take over for old a bit? is this my old battery pack no this can't be my old battery pack what the heck happened here um <laughs> Yeah, if you could if you could do the next little bit of rapid fire, I'm gonna try to see if I can get this thing plugged back in. Otherwise my battery's gonna drain a lot quicker than I wanted it to, because I'm okay. only at eighty percent.
1: Alright, I'll run through these really quick. Um the next one up is uh Disney Pixar's Elio. I think it's what you were talking about. Um Elio starring America Ferrera and Jonas uh Cabrea. Um looks really cool. Kid who doesn't fit in, meets aliens, becomes ambassador to Earth. Okay that's that's interesting um
0: (laughs) i i love the premise like he's an outcast and then all of a sudden he becomes really really important to uh (laughs) to earth
1: um and then we also have disney pixar's uh elemental starring leah lewis and mamadou athi and uh this looks i've seen some images from this looks kind of like uh similarly to uh uh like inside out like very colorful and all this kind of stuff also kind of like the other movie that we saw a while back um with it, the it, whole
0: focuses, it focuses soul? on soul doesn't it because it's it's like water and and fire getting along with each other or something like that maybe
1: I, think. I can imagine there's gonna be some deep like meaning to this it's pixar it's pixar it's gonna be deep okay that's, that's their thing um, we got also uh Disney's Snow White though the the uh the <laughs> the uh, live action remakes keep on coming. we got Snow White on the way. um Rachel Ziegler is uh from uh, uh lots of movies, including the most recent uh uh I'm forgetting the name of it now. I can't remember um she
0: or you said right?
1: right right um she's gonna be snow white and i think uh like a gal gadot i think is gonna be the the witch i think which is interesting
0: that's so out there it's so different i was like i was not expecting somebody as as objectively gorgeous as gal gadot to play the evil stepmother but (laughs) it'll be it'll be funny to see the the transformation that takes place because um, there's there's going to be like physical changes when she turns into the into the old hag of a witch. I'm I'm kind of curious to see how that plays out.
1: And seeing Gal Gadot in a in a villainous role, I think is going to be interesting. That too, that too. Um, Disney Animation has announced Wish, a new movie about the. The uh, kingdom where wishes come true and all this kind of stuff. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, Stars Ariana DeBose and uh, as Ash and Alan Tudyk, who is in like every Pixar Disney animations movie um, these days, is returning as a Valentino the goat. So that's 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 that alone is the reason to watch this movie. I don't know anything about it, but it's got Alan Tudyk in it as a goat. You got my money. OK, you got my money.
0: I mean, Alan Tudyk is the goat, so he's just playing himself, basically.
1: <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, apparently, this is going to blend have a blend of watercolor and 3D animation. So that could be interesting that, that I think uh, some innovation in the animation department, you know, all the, the three 3D CG animations like they're really cool and really beautiful. But, you know, so mix things up a little bit. would Be great. One
0: other other thing about that really quickly. Yeah. Um, One thing that I heard about this is that um, it's going to almost be like an origin story for the Disney wishing star. Like, 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 like the whole, when you wish upon a a star, like, it's like the origin of, of that legend
1: it's going to go to space and we're going to find out where that frickin' star came from. I guess so. So. <laughs> Probably, I don't know, something along those lines. Um and then uh, I th- think this has actually been out there for a while but maybe they're uh there this is finally actually happening, uh, Zootopia Plus, which is a spin-off series of Zootopia, six-episode mini series coming in November, so just a couple months away, um finally happening. Um and then this is something that actually has not, or at least has not yet been announced at D23. This is a rumor. that showed up today, um, coming from pretty a couple of really reliable sources. Um, so basically, and and by the time you're hearing this, it may already have been. He may have already come out on stage and done a whole thing, and they may have officially announced it. But as of tonight, Friday night, uh, September 9th, uh, this is not the case. But we've got uh, Iman. Esfandi, I'm sure I'm butchering that name and I apologize, um, has been cast apparently as Ezra Bridger in the upcoming uh, live action Ahsoka Tano series. And uh, so he's going to be taking on 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 Ezra, um, taking over the role. And it was previously rumored, a lot of people believed this to be the case, and people were like, it was confirmed. Like, no, it was never confirmed. It was just rumored that uh, Mena Masood would be taking the role. But, uh, he actually came out today and said, "No, nah, nah, I, I was in the running, but no, nah, just said just auditioned, and didn't actually make the role." So it seems like Iman Isfani is our Ezra Bridger, and that is it.
0: That's all the news. Are you or sure or that? I feel like I feel, I feel like we could go and round up a few more things. Oh, but, I that's I'm all good.
1: on our show notes. I'm sure there's a million other things. I'm sure there's half stuff happening right now that we haven't even heard about.
0: That's like 12 or 13 things that we just listed like in the last 10 minutes. <laughs>
1: like, and this discussion will be completely outdated in 12 hours because tomorrow morning there's a Lucasfilm panel and a Marvel panel. There's going to be some more stuff.
0: Well, and and that's the tough part about, you know, the way we have to set up our schedules doing this show, man. We we just have to do it when we're able to, you know, and sometimes breaking news happens the, the day of and and you're lucky enough to you know, have your podcast scheduled to be able to talk about it that night. And then other times you're recording something live and you make a lot of speculations and whatnot. And then, boom, it all gets blown up in your face the next day. And you're like, well, well, we can't use any of that material now. It's just, it's the nature of the podcasting game. Sometimes you line it up perfectly and, Like with you guys in the underworld, you could be, you know, going live every Thursday on a pretty regular basis and something just so happens to get announced on Wednesday or Thursday that week. And it's like, oh, perfect. We can talk about it. But then what happens if you make some sort of speculation on Thursday and then a trailer drops on Friday? You know, like torture, you just you just never know. You just never know. But out of these things, what are like the top two or three that you ended up feeling most excited about or most intrigued by?
1: Oh, um, so I just looked at the logos and actually retweeted them on our account. Um, the, the the logos for Captain America and Daredevil look sweet, yeah, um, look really cool. Um, I'm very, very, very excited for both of those things, uh, even though they're very far off from being happening. I'm still psyched. Um, Little Mermaid. I wasn't – I didn't have that on track. I wasn't really paying attention to that. But uh, Halle Bailey, man, she looks great, and, man, she's got some pipes. She can sing, yeah, she and does. that that trailer is great. man. I, I wasn't like – I wasn't anticipating that at all, and I wasn't really even looking forward to watching the trailer. But I watched it, and I'm like, this looks good. Like this is looks really good, sounds great. I'm looking forward to it. Um, And also, um, uh, you know, come on. Lego Star Wars. I I got a soft spot for that. That's probably the thing. Um, It helps that uh, they're announcing the new Galactic Edition, I think they're calling it. Um, And they're having like a bunch of new DLCs going to have Andor characters, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi characters and uh, Clone Wars characters and Rebels characters. Um, And I haven't bought the game yet. So now that's coming out in November I'm like, mm, maybe I need to treat myself. Maybe this is time. Um but uh yeah. Yeah, that's just a few of the things.
0: Uh I'm I'm in a pretty similar boat um as far as the surprise behind um ha- um Halle ba- Bailey's uh voice. I knew that I'd heard her sing before. Uh, um but uh, the the way that she kind kind of vocalized towards the tail end of the of the trailer was really cool, and I love re- realism in water scopes. That's that's one of the things that I love about, about Aquaman is how it looks like you can put real people in the water with today's modern CGI. It, it looks freaking fantastic. Yeah. Um, that that's probably one of them for me. Um, one of the others would probably be uh, Elio. Uh, Um, I'm, I'm really intrigued by originality, especially in Pixar, because as much as I I enjoyed Inside Out, I don't know if I ever asked for Inside Out 2, you know, I, I just, I don't know if that's something that we really, really need, but we do need more, um, expression of, of the misfits and helping them feel represented. And I feel like we're going to get that in Elio and I feel like we'll get it to some extent in Elemental as well. Um those are they're both original films, they're not tied to anything else in the Pixar universe, so um I'm I'm really hopeful for both of those, but mostly Elio. Um the idea of being an ambassador to Earth from aliens, like that sounds really cool. I'm kind of jealous. I would actually like for that, that to happen to me, but I know it's not going to. Um, and then this one is kind of near and dear to me. I don't know how many other people are going to be excited about it, but I'm pretty stoked for Mufasa. I I love the Lion King universe. I actually went all the way through the entirety of the Lion Guard on Disney+, and it was really well done, and it really helped me get a better understanding of the Pride Lands and the way that the, that the Pride structure works and it had me all up in my feels in the final season like it was a good show um so i'm probably more excited for mufasa than i care to admit but i will say there was a comment on twitter that really made me laugh um (laughs) someone someone named uh shane champagne probably a pseudonym i don't care but they replied to disney's announcement of Mufasa. Mufasa, the Lion King. It sounds like Mufasa, a Lion King story, or something like that. You know, we all know what happens to Mufasa, but I would love to see like an origin story of him with his brother. You know, what led to the tensions? What led to the frustrations that we see once Simba is born? You know, how contented was Mufasa to let his brother be the heir apparent? Um, how did scar get his scar you know there's there's a lot of things that you could touch on in um something like this but shane champagne replied to disney d23 and said this is a prequel i wonder if hayden christensen voices mufasa this time <laughs> <laughs> i was that's dying mean, man that's man. I, I, I was dying i was like Oh, damn, that is so meta because, you know, James Earl Jones, he does Darth Vader. And then in the prequels, Hayden Christensen, it was just it was such a perfect tweet. And I'm I'm low key kind of mad that I didn't think of it, you know, <laughs> like telling you,
1: telling you, I, I always go. That's that's half my time on Twitter is just like, oh, why didn't I think of that? Why couldn't I? Why couldn't I tweet that?
0: Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Well, you still have more viral tweets than I do, though. So like
1: <laughs> it's 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 on <laughs> top of a pile of uh, doo doo tweets Um, that um thing. It's just I, I've uh, I've just I've just put out a lot of crap and some of them actually stick.
0: Well, I guess my my crap is just never stuck because i i will sometimes comply like compose a tweet and i'll be like oh yeah this is a good tweet this is a banger and then again it's like one heart no no that's the thing
1: the ones the ones that i put the most thought into the ones that i'm like this is going to be great it's going to go viral nothing happens nothing it's the ones that i'm like okay i'm just just gonna throw this out there and that's the ones
0: that go Mm-hmm. Of course. Of course. Um, Well, usually on the show, we'll do uh, a top five segment after we do the news. Um, Unfortunately, I think we talked too much about what we've been watching off the top. (laughs) And it was a good discussion, but we've got a really, really interesting top five prompt that I want us to take our time with. And right. uh, so we're going to we're going we're gonna to wait and we're actually going to promote it a little bit better so that we can get like some good engagement from people in the chat and people over at the uh, Intergalactic Peace Hangout. Like, I really want us to, like, do our due diligence with this one, because it was sent to us by a uh, longtime listener, been a guest host on the show, Stephen Schinder. Um, he said we should do a top five not franchise films discussion gave us a couple of examples and told us where we could find some of these other examples on letterbox but basically all the stuff that IPC has ever been about we can't use. you know we, we talk about all these different yeah. franchises Star Wars, Star Trek, DC, Marvel, Lord of the Rings, etc. we can't use any franchises. It can't even be like like nobody. There's there's never been another follow up to V for Vendetta, but because it's based on a graphic novel from DC Comics, I can't use that. Oh, you know v for, Vende- v for Vendetta is one of my favorite movies of all time, but it's from a franchise. I can't even use that. So I'm really having to dig to find the right answers to this prompt. And I want to do my due diligence, and I want to give our fans time to do their due diligence as well. But I feel like on our next episode, this should be one of the first things we do right off the top, is talk about top five non-franchise films. What do you think, Ben?
1: I think this is a great idea. I think this is probably – if we were going to give advance notice, uh, extremely advance notice on anything, it would be this this prompt right here because I know I'm going to have to think about this one quite a bit to uh get it down because it's gonna be hard be really hard it's kind of this is the ultimate test, it's the ultimate top five test, and you know how can we actually do this how can we actually uh pull this off and make a list out of stuff that uh doesn't include anything i have like maybe one idea maybe one i really have to study um and then i'll still like wait till the at, like five minutes before the show come up with my list in, in true fashion of mine but uh um, but yeah, so you guys go, do your thing, um, send your list in, go to the Intergalactic Peace Hangout on Facebook, definitely go submit it there. We'll have a prompt at some point, or you can just post in the chat. If you're not on Facebook, uh, just tweet it at us, at IPC Podcast. Um and we will include it in the notes for the next episode, whenever that may be.
0: Yeah, it may be a little while because, like I said, I'm about to go on my honeymoon, so I'll be gone for a few weeks. Who knows if we'll even be able to get another one in it's September, um, maybe in like three or four, four weeks. I can't promise anything though. It really all depends on what our schedule availability is. Um, but we will we will definitely make that a priority on our on our next episode. And if you're interested in becoming a financial contributor of the show, um, please reach out to us personally for the time being, because we are working on restructuring our um, Patreon due to the fact that the show isn't as regular as it used to be. And we want our financial contributors to get their money's worth. So if you do want to get a shout out on the show, we can arrange that. If you do want to have influence and get some behind the scenes exclusives, we can still arrange that. We just need to talk about what form that's going to take for the time being before we send you back back to our Patreon. So um, you can have really cool benefits like, like access to the show notes. We've got a special um, patron-exclusive Facebook group. During those top five segments, your list will always be mentioned, guaranteed, top billing every, every time. And then if you've got the availability for it, we'll even bring you on the show sometimes. So right now, we got folks like Joey Mays and Jesse Bennett that are you know, those types of contributors, and we try to bring them on um, whenever we can, whenever they can but we just haven't gotten the stars to align recently but i do want to remind folks to go check out question possible answer that's our friend jesse's podcast and he likes to review movies from a very different real world physics point of view where you throw in a question as simple as what if this person wasn't in the movie and then discuss so it's it's really really fun i got to be a part of it at one point i think ben you've been on the show before as well and if uh if y'all want more information, then just go check out their socials at question possible answer, and you can find them on all your favorite podcatchers. So I'm sure he's got new episodes in the works that are definitely uh, worth listening to. And he's got a ton of previous episodes that he's done. I think they just unveiled uh, or rolled out a new logo. So there's a lot of stuff building over at question possible answer. And y'all need to get in on the ground floor of that as well as keeping up with what we're doing here at IPC.
1: All um right. Yeah, yeah, this, de- yeah, yeah, de- definitely. Uh, keep in contact with us, and uh, you know, we're in, still in flux. There's still a lot of stuff going on. Uh, if you have any questions, especially if you're a if you're a patron, uh, reach out to us. If you have any suggestions about stuff you'd like to see from us, stuff you'd like to get back from us, um, more for your buck, uh, let us know. Um, we're always uh looking forward to that.
0: Yeah. And and even though the show is taking on like different formats, sometimes we are open to suggestions on how we can improve it and how we can make it more patron friendly, how we can make it more listener friendly. Um, So be sure to hit us up on our socials at IPC podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff. And, uh, and let us know. So with that, we got one more segment before we can close. Everybody's, I would call it a favorite segment, but it always ends up getting the least amount of airtime because we're in such a rush to finish up this damn podcast <laughs> that <laughs> we don't get to talk about it all that much. But I do have, um, I do have a segment in mind for tonight. So, uh, unless unless you've got something in mind yourself, Ben. I,
1: no, no, no. I've, go, I've right ahead.
0: go ahead. Go ahead. Alright. Um, go ahead and get at your your hashtags if you're tuning in live folks if not be sure to use it on social media we'll do a check-in pretty soon to make sure people are actually using the the hashtag like our buddy chris abbott aka star raptor does when he goes to try out new places get out your hashtags it's time for hashtag bbq watch <clears throat> oh excuse me i was trying not to do that and then it ended up happening anyways uh, i did a three-hour long Long football game last night and now i'm doing a po- another podcast tonight so my my voice is uh is about to give out
1: yeah but, you're gonna be at the um, wedding going like i do
0: i can't talk so it's actually the wedding that i want to talk about we are catering barbecue for our wedding oh yeah how how on brand is that for me right like that that's just mm, i'm so excited I'm I'm so so excited that I'm I'm getting barbecue catered for my wedding. That's just it's so me. And we are getting brisket, sausage and turkey. So we've got some 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 white meat mixed with some dark meat. We're, we're getting uh, barbecue beans, potato salad and mac and cheese. They are also providing several gallons of unsweet tea sweet tea, lemonade, ice, plates, plasticware, like they are they're going to have servers available there, like they are doing all of it. They are going like all in with uh with everything that they're doing and I, I just get to show up and and say I do and eat the food and I, I'm so stoked, not going to lie.
1: That's incredible. what better way? What better way to celebrate than with uh, with you know barbecue? Like right? that's that's perfect. It just makes just tops it all off.
0: It really does. It it really does. And the, the really cool thing too is I shopped around for a lot of caterers. I really did. I tried to I tried to go to like I wanna say four, five, six, maybe seven different people, um different Facebook groups, different local Local restaurants, different pages that I follow, just trying to shop around for the rates. And this place, I, I got to tell you, they they threw in some taxes and like a like a ten percent service fee and some other stuff that they that they threw in at me at the last minute. But even with those fees and stuff, they still gave me the best rate of anybody. Um, the closest competition to these people's rates was probably around seventeen. 17- dollars per person and the this place that we're catering from is only charging us 14.25 a person damn great it is a it is a huge difference because like from 17 to 14.25 that's 275 a person and we're catering for about 225 people so that is over $600 of difference when you're when you're catering for you know in bulk like that. So that's I, I was pretty stoked that we actually found a place that is going to save us over 600, close to 650 dollars. That, that was just amazing. Wow, incredible. Does does your does your family ever do like your your restaurant ever do stuff for like like events or stuff in bulk bin or are y'all more like family dinners kind of kind of low key?
1: More low key. We have done. I remember particularly we did a wedding or something way back in the day when I was a kid. Um, but you know, it's it's hard. We don't have a huge staff, so you know, it's it's hard to kind of do the giant weddings, big catering stuff. But you know, we will occasionally do do some some bigger orders. Mostly just uh, you just your your classic to go orders and stuff like that.
0: Okay, so if somebody wanted to order for like a group of say 15 to 20 um do you do you have like a like a bulk order um option or like a a bulk order price range that's a little bit different from the generic stuff or you just sell them a lot of what you've got at regular price
1: usually just take it kind of at face value and just go like hey how many ribs you want per person how much chicken you want per person Blah, blah, blah 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 just kind of figure it up from there um and, uh, yeah, so it's just kind of taking it, taking it each order at a time and just kind of giving them a, giving them a, a, what, you know, kind of figuring out what they want and then kind of giving them a price from there.
0: Yeah, that's fair because the, 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 the cost of brisket's going to be different than the cost of chicken and such. So, right. I, I, I get that. Well, I'm, I'm excited. Um for the for the wedding i'm excited for what's going to be happening next i'm excited to come back on this show in a few weeks as a married man like crazy it's just it's so weird dude it's so surreal and i'm i'm super excited don't get me wrong i'm i'm also kind of nervous i'm also kind of scared i'm also kind of you know i'm i've got a lot of stuff going on in my head right now but mostly i'm happy and that's, right. and, that, and that's something that y- you've known me that that's not always something that I've had or been able to experience. And so to uh, to be able to experience that here and, and now with a person as special as Edna, like it's going to be a really cool day. And then the barbecue is going to be an icing on the cake. The cake itself is going to be an icing on the cake. Um, But I'm really excited to be moving into this next phase of my life and uh, I will have officially transitioned into to it by the next time we do the ipc podcast so, so well that'll be that'll be fun
1: i cannot wait for that um that's gonna be great um and if i don't get another chance to say uh congratulations um Thank this you. i cannot i'm i'm proud of you i'm happy for you all those things it's great i just can't can't get over how awesome this is and uh yeah i can't wait to see i'm sorry i can't be there First of all, I can't oh. sorry, I can't wait there. No, But uh, I, di- I did want to make it, but uh, just couldn't quite make it work. But uh, I cannot wait to see the pictures. And uh, just so happy for you guys. And uh, yeah, I can't wait to do the show again um, and talk all about it.
0: Yeah, I-, I totally get it, man. And like y'all live several states away. It would have been tough to break away for it, even for a weekend. So like there's there's no hard feelings there at all. And I look forward to, you know, celebrating virtually and then getting back on this podcast in a little little while and uh you know taking taking life by the horn uh next next step next phase we go into so uh, um i as always appreciate your friendship and appreciate your support and i'm looking forward to our next episode in between episodes though what should the folks at home be watching out for or following keeping up with until we come back
1: um they can follow me at ben Hart with no e some some weeks I don't post anything. Some days I post way too much. You really never know what you're gonna get. Um, but yeah, you can follow me there. You can follow at the SW for the Star Wars Interworld, at Culture Slate for at all things. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's about it.
0: Well, for me, you'll be seeing a lot of wedding-related stuff over the next week on all my different socials at Zach the Voice, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram uh TikTok, venmo whatever it is cash app um i i have a twitch profile but i haven't done anything on it yet but they're all the same username so just go go be a part of all of those and then figure it out from there but at zach the voice z-a-c-h the voice and yeah like i said a lot of marriage stuff happening and then and um when it's not that it could be house of the empire over on phantom empire or it could be uh cult radio local high school football bro broadcasts going on as soon as I get back from the honeymoon, so there's cool. a lot there's a lot of that going on I know we need to wrap I have one final thing before we close I would be remiss if we did not offer our condolences to our friends across the pond who Absolutely. just lost an absolute legend in Queen Elizabeth II yeah. I, it's just it's 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 really surreal to think about the legacy that she leaves the people of Britain she was in rule for 70 years i believe and and went through 15 different prime ministers during her reign which is just completely unprecedented she was in power when reagan was elected president of the United States. And she was there as Britain was recovering from World War II. And and she was there when they both joined and exited from the European Union. Like her influence on the society in England, Great Britain, has been going on for literally decades, literally generations. And they've basically declared a state of mourning for the next week. And I just, I wanted to to extend our, our heartfelt wishes and condolences as they go through this grieving process. I know that uh, it's, a, it's a very tough time across the pond right now. Um, I can't per- personally fathom that kind of loss, but I do know that my heart is with you guys.
1: I second all of that.
0: Crazy things, crazy things. And and maybe we'll get into it another night. I know we need to close um, on this particular episode, but just felt it worth mentioning. I know we've got a lot of international listeners, particularly people over there across the pond, and it should be mentioned before we close. But we are running out of time. Ben's got stuff to do. I've got a house to clean to get ready for my bachelor party. So we're going to go ahead and call it a night that's going to do it for episode 354 of the intergalactic peace coalition podcast for ben hart i'm zach arnold thank you so much for tuning in we hope you next time but until then good night everyone